And then Matrix with the simple yes or no question. Does gear matter? Yes. Yes? No. No. All right. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us at Coffee Friends Podcast again. It's a new episode. And today I have two good friends with me. And we're going to talk about a really important topic that I've been coming across a lot, mm. which is does gear matter? You know, and so today I have Matrix Q with me and also Ken, who goes by Infamous. He is very famous on Instagram, along with Matrix Q, because they are very professional at what they do, you know. And so thank you. A little introduction with, uh, about Ken. He has been shooting photography for a little bit, right, Ken? A lot since high school and I'm 32 now. So it's been a, a while. It's a long time. Yeah. And then also Matrix. How long have you been shooting? Uh, coming up on four, maybe five years. Nice. So, yeah. So when I'm talking about like, does gear matter? You know, it's because I feel like there's three different categories here, right? As far as like me, who is a beginner, mm. who is just getting started. And then we have Matrix Q, who you've been doing for five years. Mm -hmm. And then we have Ken, who's been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah, but I just started on full frame photography, which is a heck of a lot more expensive than oh, yeah. when I yeah. first started. Yeah, so that's exactly what I mean when, when it comes to this, like, to just create this kind of product, right? And and I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the world that want to be either A, a photographer, a creator, mm. an influencer, uh, a podcaster, like what we're doing right here. Mm -hmm. And originally, the one thing that holds us back is... Okay, well, I want to start a podcast, but I don't have a recorder. I don't have a microphone. I don't this and that, right? There's so many excuses. So what is the first thing I went and did is I went and bought some microphones. And I also bought a recorder mm. just to feel ready to record my first podcast. But then if you go across YouTube and you see all these other influencers or all these other creators who talk about it. And then the first thing they say is you don't need a lot of gear to get started or you don't need anything you need the bare minimum right which in reality yes if i really wanted to i could have used my cell phone to record myself to record 100%. the first podcast right but there's something about that feeling and that emotion about getting that recorder or that microphone you know and i feel like i want to talk to you guys about it because in the line of work that you guys do there is a requirement of like a certain level of quality that you guys need to deliver and in order to achieve that sometimes you do need to buy the next big thing, right? Which is either a new lens for your camera, uh, a stabilizer. I don't know. I don't know exactly what goes into creating all these products, you know? So I want to kick this off by saying that you do not need all the gear. I think that you can create, to, especially with today's technology, like new iPhones, a new Samsung, whatever it may be. You can create amazing stuff. But what I will say about gear is that the better gear you have, it gets incredibly more easy mm. to do and to appear more professional, which in turn leads to more clients. But because if you shoot, like you can definitely shoot like an entire wedding video on an iPhone and it would look good. But right. if your client sees you show up with an iPhone, they're going to laugh at you, even if, if you're like, you know, your results can only take you so far. And I think that um that you need it it definitely the better gear will definitely make your job a lot easier 
And I think like right now we're recording on this this dedicated audio equipment, which would be a lot easier to edit than it would be in like on a cell phone. Mm. True. Very, very true. What about your feelings about this matrix? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just think <clears throat> if you're looking to get started, the best way to get started is with what you have. There's really no excuse if you want to create content, no matter what it is, podcasts, videos, photos. Um, if you have a cell phone that's within the last five years, you can create HD quality everything. Um, much like Ken said, it does become easier. But if you want to just get started, create, if you want perfection, being a creative, you're in the wrong industry. Because no matter how many times you edit a picture, how many times you watch a video, how many times, it's never perfect. You can look at it and say, damn, if I had this camera angle, this is out of focus, that shot sucks, there's something here I wish I would have done differently. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah. But if you want to just get started, just get started with what you have. So I feel like that is one of the biggest things I've come across to with uh, colleagues from work or people that I talk to. Right. So trying to achieve this goal of mine, which is also learn what you guys are currently doing. A lot of people I talk to sometimes is that same conversation that I was saying. Right. Because they feel like they don't have the right equipment. They feel like it's not going to be perfect. And it's not going to like they're, they're not moving forward because they feel like they don't have everything to make it perfect, mm. you know, which what you just touched on. And the other thing that you said, um, Ken, about the uh, the equipment, yeah, it, it becomes easier. Right. And I feel like it's a visual thing also for your client to see you right. with all this professional gear. And it's like even though they have no idea what the hell any of it does. Yeah. yeah right. It just looks. Oh, look at that thing he has in his hand. He must know what he's doing. I guess it's just validation for what you're doing also. But. The other great thing I heard about, and I think it was, uh, I mean, I hear it from a lot of YouTubers like Peter McKinnon and and um, Daniel Sh Schiffer, Schiffer yeah. yeah, where they ask all these people, like, what is the best camera for a beginner photographer, right? Or a mm. beginner videographer. The main thing I hear is the best camera is the camera you know. Mm. So it comes down to the equipment you own and how often you use it, right? True. Because, Ken, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you own a uh, majority of uh, high-quality equipment to create your business and the product you're delivering to your clients. But, I mean, would you explain a little bit of, like, how long does it take for you to, like, feel comfortable with something new or knowing its full potential? So when I started with my Canon T4i, which was a crop frame, like, the dynamic range wasn't that good. The mm -hmm. focusing was kind of slow. And it was just, it was... I learned to max out the potential of that camera pretty quickly. But then when I got to the Sony and I realized that the dynamic range is entirely different and so much wider on a full frame system than it is on a crop frame, I had to kind of relearn everything because yeah. now I kind of expose like a stop, maybe short, just short of two stops underexposed on my images for um, photos. But like it's an entirely different way of shooting because in the on the Canon on my crop frame, I had to kind of get the exposure just right. But with the Sony, you kind of you got to preserve the shadows over the highlights. Yeah. So you say you, you sort of like feel like you maxed out the your the your equipment, right? Which is the camera time. So would you give us a little background of? How is it that you started with photography? And you say you started in school, right? Yeah, I started in, in with film. I had my 
I went to LAUSD, so not a lot of resources. My teacher would give me a roll of 24 shots. And that was my 24 shots for the week. I couldn't go around like today shooting a thousand shots for the week. Right. If that was my An hour. Yeah. <laughs> my film role was it. I had that for the week and he would give us a project every day of the weekend. We had to go shoot and we had to kind of ration out our shots. So I learned to kind of be more um, specific and more um, intentional. Intentional. There mm-hmm. you go. That's perfect. Perfect wording. You got to be intentional with film. Whereas I think that art has kind of been lost with digital because now we just shoot and shoot and shoot. But with film, it was it's been a big change and mindset in all the photo community. But you started. How did you get into photography? I was I had to get a, a after school class and there was nothing else. I wanted to do photography and I had my dad had a film camera that he let me borrow. And that's just kind of how it started. But it was just because it grew out of boredom that I didn't want to take like another math class or another English class after school. It was school. easy credits. Easy. <laughs> it was easy credit. Yeah, that's another thing. It was easy credits. It was an easy way to pad my GPA, even though I already had like a 3.8 or something like that. Nice. Oh, shout out to you. I didn't have no 3.8. <laughs> I was a nerd. I was president of the chess club. There you go. Well, look at that. <laughs> but as far as like being a photographer for school and stuff, were you doing like the, the photography for the the yearbook and stuff no actually i never did the yearbook photography thing i it was just a class after school and he would tell us like um he would give us specific assignments like i can't remember too much of those assignments but one of them was like go to the pier and find a unique angle and i remember that before there was like this little pond on the pier with little ducks floating in it and i shot through the through the little grate the little fence grate and it gave a nice texture overlay over the the ducks so i was shooting through the fence to the duck and the all the fence was like out of focus so it gave it a nice texture i got an a on that nice. that was probably my proudest shot and i printed it but i don't know where that print is <laughs> well as far as like pursuing or continuing to do photography i mean how did that happen because part of it is like okay i just want to do something else for school or after school program but how how what motivated you or what kept you pushing into doing what you're doing right now? I I really liked it. And I just found that um, when I did my first like little paid assignment that I was just I didn't really take all that serious. I am like, oh, I can get paid for doing something that I like. And that just kind of drove me to find more um, clients and find more kind of it, at the same time from pursuing my passion it also paid for my passion mm, so nice. even though i use my gear to do my profession professional work i also get to go out on weekends with you guys you know and catch the sunrise over la and it's amazing like that's that's just kind of to break the monotony of just catering to other people's vision mm, where i can it, carry out it. my own vision I mean, one thing that you did touch on is that it is a passion, right? So this is not why you intentionally... An expensive passion. Yeah. So it's not <laughs> something that you originally intended to to, to be your, like, your uh, income provider, right? No. And I, you know, I have a full-time job. This is just purely a side gig, which I think everyone needs in LA because it's such an expensive city to live in. Yeah. But um, it it came out of the want to have something that that doesn't that I don't need to rely on my 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 full-time job and I really nice. love it and I've established my media company now and I'm getting more into video and I'm just 
I feel like I'm just getting started with this whole thing. Amazing. And that's why that's the one reason why I feel like, yeah, I mean, this three tier category, like I said, you're more of like a professional because you've been doing it for a little longer, which I mean, the word itself, professional doesn't really yeah, I was tell say, a lot. I'm like, right? What does a professional yeah, really mean? But, right. but I mean, if we, we were to compare, right, you're doing it for about 20 years, metrics, five years. And me who just started, you know, uh, I will say probably six months. Yeah, that I've been really digging. I wouldn't into even. It. I wouldn't even consider you somebody who just started because even working alongside you and seeing some of the stuff that you've been able to create. When we just shoot, just a shoot. When we did that shoot with Quinn, you have an eye. There's something there. There's a. It's it's intangible, right? When when it comes to talent, people talk about talent being this measurable thing. It's, I don't I don't really think that's possible. Like you can't say how talented LeBron James is. You could look at the stats, but he does things on the basketball court that are intangible. Yeah. And when it comes to creating and photography, there's some things that you do that you just naturally do. This angles you see and emotions you capture. And it might not even be purposeful. You might not even understand the technical aspects of what you're doing. But when you cap- capture the moment yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider you a a, a newbie, a beginner. Well, I mean, we, we could touch that <clears throat> about that in a little bit. But tell me a little bit about how you started Matrix. Oh, so my first love is uh, speaking. Um, when it's all said and done, I want to travel the world, being a coach, being a motivational speaker, and teach people possibilities of the mind and philosophy and things like that. So. Essentially how I started, I was, I want to say 24, 24, 25, something like that. Five, oh, wow. Now it's like five or six years. If I was 25, it's been five going on six years that I've been doing photography. And I had a Fuji underwater like piece of crap camera you take on vacation to get like, it was like the, the prototype before the GoPro. It wasn't even a real GoPro. And I had it on a single, a monopod. And I would put it there and I would put on a dress shirt and I would go in my basement with a backdrop and I would record myself speaking. And I would go in on a, what's that Apple program you use to edit? iMovie. iMovie. I would go on iMovie and I would edit YouTube videos on that. And then I did that for six months and I saved up enough money and I got a 70D media kit with the little camera and all that stuff. And it's it's a crop sensor and I had a kit lens. And I was just recording YouTube videos, and that's how I started. It started me recording videos for myself because I was tired of people taking bad pictures and bad videos of me. And I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Caesar. He lives in Switzerland. Um, he was the first person I would shoot with. And he was the first person I was like, hey, you should do this photography stuff. You're really good at it. And I would go take pictures of him for his Instagram. He will take pictures of me for my Instagram. And it just it just grew from there. Where I started taking it serious as a business is when I moved to L.A. I brought my camera with me because I'm not selling this. It's my baby. I had it for two years at that point. And somebody asked. They saw me with the bag. Hey, are you a photographer? Yeah, I guess. It's like, I'll, I'll pay you $500 to do a photo shoot for me. And I was like, $500? Shit, let's do it. I would never taken photos of other people like professionally. I took photos the entire time I used the automatic mode. I didn't even know how to shoot manual. I put auto and I just took pictures. And out of those pictures, I shot in JPEG. I didn't even shoot in RAW. So it was automatic JPEG. But that person paid me $500. And then from there, I had a 
person I was living with at the time, his name is Mike. He was like, yo, why don't we just start a media company? And we started getting gigs and I just dove in. I just dove in. I started watching videos, Peter McKinnon, YouTube videos, things that like, like taking courses. All the money that came in went right back into my business. Came in right back. And I just, like, like Ken, the jobs just kept coming. I just kept saying yes. And for the first two, three years of my business, I did everything on a 70D, which is a, it's not a crazy great camera, but it got the job done. And that's so, the thing, like, um, <clears throat> having your gear out in public is like, it's sadly like one of your biggest business cards you can have. Yeah. Cause as soon as they see you, they're like, oh, do you do that? Like, oh, I like the way you're moving your camera or whatever. Like, oh, do you have a business card? They just see you and then they want to, they want to know more about you and get a business card. Yeah. And, yeah. So going back to the actual topic of this podcast episode, right. And asking Ken first and then Matrix. With the simple yes or no question, does gear matter? Yes. Yes? No. No. So, <laughs> yes, can you say yes? Why is that? I say yes because, like, I guess, I mean, the, the newer iPhones, the newer phone cameras have, like, all the way from a wide angle, which is my favorite focal length, all the way to, like, a telephoto zoom. But, like, if you really want to differentiate yourself from the crowd, you're going to need some level of flexibility in your in your original files, which is something that your gear matters. I mean, gear matters to an extent. I'm not saying go out and buy a red Komodo camera or, yeah, <laughs> or, you know, buy this super huge soundboard to start a podcast. But like there's a there's a it's OK. I say yes, but keeping in mind the law of diminishing returns. Like your cell phone is not going to record a, as great of a podcast than the your Zoom H1, I think you have right there. It's like it's after, so the cell phone to the Zoom H1 recorder is going to be a massive jump in, in difference than going to a dedicated soundboard. And then like also same with cameras, an iPhone camera is going to like the jump to a to a full frame camera, the, your file flexibility and your professionalism is going to show a lot more. But then jumping from a, you know, a Sony a7 III, a Canon EOS R, jumping to a Canon 1DX Mark III or the new $7,000 Sony, Sony A1, <laughs> like it's diminishing returns. So to a certain extent, yes, but def you definitely... You can get you can start creating with whatever you have in your hand, but at a certain point, you do need to invest just a little bit to get that 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 level that where you need where you can really start creating. And what about you, Matrix? Why do you say no? I say no for the same exact reasons why he says yes. Right? I say no because if you understand how to work around what you have, right? So he mentioned iPhone. If you download a free app the free Lightroom app on your iPhone, you can unlock it and literally control aperture, shutter speed. You can control everything. You can make it a manual camera. Um, and when it comes to video, it shoots 4K, it shoots ultra slow motion. It's a camera and a computer in your hand. Um, and then if you invest just a little bit, my girlfriend got a Canon M50 for $500, $600. Great little camera. That camera... She shoots in automatic. She has no idea what she's doing. And she was my behind-the-scenes shooter for a job that I did in Joshua Tree. 
And some of the pictures she got was professional. Looked, snapped, bam, beautiful pictures. So does gear matter? No. Better gear is more convenient because it allows you, especially what he was talking about, dynamic range. If you don't know what that is, it's just you're, you get more details in the shadows and more details in the highlights. And that way you can have a more uh, contrasty picture. Dynamic range allows it so that if there's no light, bad conditions, you can still get a great picture with that convenience. Yeah. If you understand how to expose and, you, and you're willing to put in the extra work, you can still get great quality stuff with whatever, whatever you have. Yeah. So when it comes to me, I guess the, the one lucky <clears throat> thing that happened to me is that unlike you, Ken, who started with the film camera, you started with the Fuji, right? Yeah. I've been very fortunate where my very first camera is a full frame camera. Mm -hmm. Top which, of the line. Which is, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I see other cameras that are like top of the line, right? So I, because this is my first camera, I still consider it to be like an entry level camera, right? Because I don't Definitely know. Definitely not. Which is not. <laughs> <laughs> which is not. Yeah. I spent 10 years lusting over a 5D Mark III. I just yeah. wanted a full frame. 10 years I spent lusting over yeah. it. I finally got the A7 III just because it was the form factor. It was just smaller. Yeah, so I was. I guess I'm very fortunate to have the the gear I have right now, right? I guess when it comes to asking myself, well, does gear matter or not? Is I guess I haven't really experimented enough with other products mm. because what I currently own, it it delivers some really high quality footage, right? You didn't have to pay your dues. <laughs> you jump right in, to the front of the line. In which case, I'm also, gonna give you my Fuji. You got to use that. I want to. I want to. Yeah, that's a, another topic of conversation, right? Because even though I received that camera, right? Because there's so many things that can go wrong if I don't know how to use it, or if I mm. go full fully manual, right? But then months after I received that camera, the new iPhone 12 came out, mm. and obviously one of the biggest things they they were pushing is the camera right like especially on the 12 pro all these things you can create you mm -hmm. know they have directors shooting movies and right. commercials and all this stuff which like you guys said yes you can use I, an iphone i shot to create stuff in in between my my canon camera and the fuji i shot four or five videos on my iphone nine eight nine something like eight it was before the x there was no nine so it was eight and an x so i shot it on my on my eight 60 frames per second, shot it sideways. People did not even know the difference. Yeah. And so, like, the one thing you guys said is that I jumped in front of the line, right? And so, like I said, when I received that camera months later when that phone came out and all the things that it was said that, that it can do, I felt like, do I even need this camera? Because this com camera seems a lot more complicated than just getting a new phone Yeah, and being able to create something of similar quality. So there's certain situations where you, like Matrix said, you're not going to be able to tell the difference, if, especially if you show it to the average person. Right. But when you get into a situation like when you're doing low light shooting, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to recover and make your Sony A7R2 camera one look so much better than, than the iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. And that simply comes down to sensor size. You're, you're comparing like a tiny little like like um, tic tac size cell phone sensor to a full frame sensor mm -hmm. and like it won't make a difference if you're shooting out in the bright sunny day 
but when you when you're shooting in like specific conditions then it that pro level flexibility will definitely help you out yeah and another thing is since you two have invested some <laughs> money right to to a little, a little bit equipment a you know <laughs> i'm assuming ken if we were to tally up everything you own and everything matrix owns it's pretty much probably in the tens of thousands right for sure just me by myself i'm at twelve thousand right now and yeah uh, i'm yeah. at more like <laughs> every lens that i own right now is worth more than my canon t4i kit that came with two lenses and the body camera yeah it's ridiculous like one lens is worth more than my entire beginner setup combined so knowing that and and like putting a value on all the equipment and gear you guys own i mean how do you guys feel about like technology you know moving so fast right because like you said people are now editing photos in their phone mm -hmm. because there's Lightroom mobile there's an application to edit video there's like these devices have, are so advanced that i feel like everybody out there now feels like they're photographers mm. right so how do you guys personally feel since you guys have been dedicating all this time and all this money on your gear so i think that like the the portrait mode on an iphone is Shit. never going to compare Shit. to a full like my 105 sigma 1.4 mm -mm. like it'll get your eye tack sharp and have a beautiful bokeh fall off into the background whereas the iphone is just going to try to guess around little strands of hair and you mm -hmm. know if you have like your hands on your hips it's going to try to guess that little hole between your arm and your torso like it's just doing it's computational photography. It's going to do its best to try to recreate, but maybe technology will get there someday. But as of right now, like it, like a lot of the, the gimmicky features, especially with all these new TikTok transitions and everything, like all that stuff is came from like old school, you know, grinding in photography and videography, like just making it making stuff from scratch. Now computers are so powerful now or cell phones are so powerful now that you can just click a little you can click something on your phone and then bam, it'll do the transition for you. It'll do the the bokeh and do all of that good stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I think I see technology going in a direction where it's gonna make it easier for the consumer, the everyday person to make videos and and, and pictures. But it takes more than having the um, the resources to do that. It's, it's an understanding of photography. Anybody can point a camera and shoot, but not everyone can take a good picture. Like he said, a lot of people don't even know what he was explaining when it comes to the bokeh fall off. And all. People don't even know that. They don't even know that the, the best point of someone to, to shoot is the eye so you can have everything else be clear. They just point the camera. And the, the camera's computer does all of the, the, the phone computer does all of the, the work. Uh, uh, someone who's knowledgeable about the intangibles and, and techniques will always win over someone who has the best technology. Because you can give that best, that best technology to someone who knows what they're doing. And then you're going to see how different it is night and day. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I see technology going in that direction where eventually it's going to be super easy. Everything is going to be all in one. You have three focal lengths on a, on, a, on your camera. It's ridiculous. Yeah. but Plus, like I said, the, the editing part of it, too. Like you mentioned TikTok and now Instagram, you know, with the reels and stuff. It's like the amount of 
editing you can do there and make it look, you know, like to the average consumer, a pretty good quality editing. Right. I mean, how do you guys feel about that versus like you guys trying to spend hours trying to edit something? I like it. I like it because it makes our job easier, too. Right. Like th they can use it and, and get create these shortcuts. And so can we. And it just it just be make our work easier. Editing is also so subjective and mm. it's all beauties in the eye of the beholder. Nice. I follow some Instagram accounts that I don't, I can't stand their color profiles. They make the sidewalks look purple. <laughs> That's not particularly <laughs> what I like or what I consider good, but they have massive followers and I guess there's a market for it. But yeah. if you go back to old school, like classic editing, it's, it's, I love the process of, pouring over a picture and making it as perfect as I can, like, you know, skin smooth, like real skin smoothening, not the artificial type of skin smoothening, um, you know, bringing up the contrast in the eyes, you know, using liquify to like um, add volume to a woman's hair, like that kind of stuff. I love because it's like you're creating you're, it's like my clay and I'm a sculptor. Mm. You You make it into your own masterpiece, whereas there's the like there's an emotion attached to that picture because i put hard work into it versus like an iphone picture like boom snap and then like people don't care yeah. like yeah. it's just they there was no work behind it so there's no attachment to it and that stuff will never go out of fashion yeah like the stuff you were talking about that stuff will always high-end fashion magazines and the the big editorials they will always use that type because that is the bread and butter that is the stuff that works yeah and i just want to say Thank you to both of you guys, because both of you have made time to dedicate a day or so, or even now doing this podcast with me, you know, thank you for your time and thank you for teaching me everything you guys have learned. You know, mm. I really appreciate that because I feel like there's a certain percentage of people out there that don't necessarily want to share the knowledge, Jerks. <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like there's part of people that I have reached out and and they agree at first but then it's sort of like that's it you know there's nothing else they want to teach me or they don't feel like they should teach me because it took them longer to learn what they're doing versus what they're been teaching me you know it's all about teaching I think especially here in the community here in LA like it's all I think it's all about teaching you know someone taught me mm -hmm. I'm paying it forward by teaching you and Shout out to Spence, who thinks I'm a great photographer, which I'm. he gives me way too much credit. But um, take well, some I mean, of that let, credit, let, bro. Take the, some of that credit. Let's, yeah, let's let the people judge, right? Like, so most of your photography gets posted on Instagram right now, right? Yes, I have two different pages, Infamous 310 and Infamous Media. One is for portraits, one is for landscapes. Plug. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Follow my boy. <laughs> if you guys, whoever's listening, like if you guys go and visit those two handles, like, you guys be the judge, you know, uh, follow him and send him a DM or something and tell him whether you guys think he's a great photographer, you know, because I feel sometimes like when it comes to doing a gig too, like you said, $500 they offered you. I mean, you were intimidated, I'm pretty sure at first, right? Mm -hmm. And even creating uh, content probably felt a little intimidating, right? So maybe you're being a little humble, but like to my eyes and to to my wife's eyes, you know, like you have some great photography right you know photograph photos up there you know so <laughs> <laughs> so 
So yeah, man. I mean, it's all a process, you know. I, I, I judge my like the people that really know me judge know that I judge myself hard on my pictures. I don't really post anything that I'm not completely happy with, but I do try to give my best, even though the Instagram algorithm hates me, doesn't show my pay with my workout to everyone that I follow that follows me. But it's all right. It's a daily struggle, but the few followers that I have are are super devoted and I appreciate them. Mm. Yeah, man. I just want to add to what you guys are talking about and just say that art is the purest form of art is expression. And a lot of the times when we express ourselves, the biggest thing that holds us back is the judgment of others, right? We put up our picture and what we see as flaws, other people see as per oh, wow, that shot was great. There's so many pictures that I've posted with the, with the, with the attitude of fuck it. I just post it. Fuck it. Whatever. I don't give. I don't. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about this. This picture. And those are the pictures that people are like, "Yo, that shot is sick. Look at his eyes. It's so focused. It's so this. It's so that." And I'm like, "I thought that was my worst picture I ever took." That's yeah. happened to me several times where I'm like, "I'm gonna post it even though I don't want to, and I think it's gonna bomb." And it's sometimes they're my biggest hit. Yeah, on my you get page the most ever. likes. Yeah. I'm like, man, I can't believe that. That's because what we understand when it comes to pictures, right? When I take a picture. And I'm editing in my, I try to follow the rules, right? I'm like, oh, the composure, rule of thirds, this has to look like this, the lighting here, these things, things that I've learned online in my time um, doing this. But the things that do the best are the ones that are just pure expression. When we just post and people, they feel, they see it, they're captivated by the pictures. It's not by us, um, being selfish or being narcissistic is what it really boils down to saying people are going to look at my picture and judge it as not being great because all we're thinking about is ourselves. When we get the inspiration to express is not for us to express for ourselves it's for us to express and allow the world to see it. Right. What if Da Vinci never expressed himself through art? Some of the most amazing things that this world has ever seen. We wouldn't have been able to see it. What if the painter who was painting the Mona Lisa was just like, Man, I messed up this this stroke, this paintbrush stroke, and you know what? I'm gonna just toss it. We would never have the Mona Lisa. Never had the Mona Lisa, yeah. Right? The person who was sculpting the David, it was like, damn, I made his BP too small. You know what? I should do it over. Nah, bro, just express and just leave it out there. Art is expression. It's not about right or wrong. It's about just getting the shit out. And when you're when you're in the moment with the, at least for me, I take a lot of pictures of people. When you're in the moment with the person and you're creating and you're getting that that energy. It's about capturing the moment and trying to have that come through in the picture. It doesn't matter what the edit looks like. It doesn't matter. It's the moment. It's the energy you feel behind the picture. And if I allow myself to get in the way of what my fans or my, not me, not even my fans, but my peers, the people that are looking at my stuff, if I get in the way, I'm restricting them from seeing expression. So Yeah, and I, imp- I implore a lot of creators out there to stop focusing and fixating on perfection and just focus on progress because i think that's more important here just keep creating you know push through those roadblocks because we all have those like you go through like a few days a few weeks a few months where you're like i don't want to create anymore like i don't know what else to create just keep pushing past it and you'll eventually get that spark back yeah speaking of which i actually just uh you know i'm back at recording my own podcast again because for a long time like what I wanted to do is just help others create their podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And I sort of kept pushing my stuff away, thinking like, oh, well, no one's, uh, <laughs> you know, I kept pushing my stuff away, thinking that no one's listening. No one's paying attention. No one cares. You know, maybe my, my uh, content is not as, uh, it's not good enough for others to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I went through the whole analytics and stuff. And, and yeah, there's actually, like you said, some people that are our friends or people that follow us. And, and they're always there supporting and at the end of the day, does does the analytics even matter, right? Look at what you're doing right now. You're creating community. We, us yeah, three, we right. just got closer by expressing something that we're all three passionate about, right? Definitely. And there are people who are listening to it. You never know. This might be the breakout episode. There might be an episode that you didn't want to create, and that's the episode that blows up. But it's yeah. like, going back to what I said before, it's not about right, wrong numbers. It's not about any of that shit. It's about expression. Yeah. And even if you talk. got... If you have like 10, five or 10 people that are like always like, oh, like, where's one? Like, you're doing a disservice to them by pushing it back. Like, you yeah. know, if there's 10 people that rely on your, on your podcast to listen to on their way to work or at work, if their work allows them to be on, you know, yeah, listen no. to something. Or you're inspiring hour, somebody to do their yeah, own podcast. Very true. It's very worth true. it for those, that one person or those five people or those 10 people, even if, if, you know, Joe Rogan gets a million people listening a week or whatever, but you have 10, I you guess, owe it to those 10 people. I guess people. the biggest thing for a lot of creators, including you guys, right? We're, we're, we see other creators who right. have been doing right. it longer and we always compare ourselves to them, right? So you mentioned that there's times where you don't feel motivated, Ken, but so how do you deal with that? I've learned to just push through and kind of take on something completely different to kind of refresh that that um that sense of that spark yeah you just try something completely different something completely out of your comfort zone uh at the beginning of last year i wasn't doing any type of video anytime anyone would ask me about video be like no i don't do video i don't edit video i don't mess with video and now i'm like right now actually right before i came i'm actually editing this uh gender reveal video and my god like i the i looked at all the footage i'm like it's gonna be amazing i'm like halfway done with it and it's already my favorite piece of creativity that I have ever done. And like for the emotional people out there, it'll make people cry. Just because yeah. nice. I got the drone going over the, the the smoke bomb and I got a wide angle lens with the skyline, the yes. L.A. skyline in the background at sunset with the clouds. It's amazing. Like I feel so pumped about my creativity Dude, right now. And I that went that was born out of not doing pictures not you know just going in a completely different direction but keep on creating keeping on creating well matrix you actually when we arrived at your place you know uh you were talking about this video that you you worked for Mm -hmm. or you worked on and to your eye you know the quality you feel like it's not 100 percent there right fuck you instagram for compressing my video (laughs) (laughs) but so like you know, I'm pretty sure like that's part of like some obstacles you have to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. And also feeling like unmotivated or like yeah. thinking like what the hell is going wrong. So like, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Um, what I do is I do two things. Actually, I try and I say yes to every opportunity. So if I'm in the middle of something and I'm not feeling creative, if something else comes up, I take that because that puts me in a space where I have to be creative. And then I take that and I come back. And with that energy, I work on what I did not want to work on in the moment. So it's kind of like borrowing some energy from here to dedicate to here. And another thing I do is uh, I check all other areas of my life, right? Usually how we are at one thing, we are at all things. 
So if I'm being unmotivated or uninspired in one area of my life, I look how I'm being uninspired in different areas of my life. Usually if I'm not working on a project, I'm not working out or I'm not showing up in my relationship or I'm not eating the best or I'm not taking care of myself. Right. And what I do is I check those boxes and make sure, okay, am I taking care of me? How can I roll that over into taking care of my business and re-inspiring myself? Or to be honest, I just watch videos of people doing dope ass shit and I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. I'm better than them. He's just more popular than me. That's it. I mean, also, we all have lives too, right? So we either have family, we have relationships, we have uh, responsibilities Mm -hmm. where sometimes where you want to take a gig like a gender reveal, right? And you have to shoot this. Like it requires time. So like Mm -hmm. for you to shoot this gender reveal, I'm pretty sure it took you between an hour, two hours, or even four hours, right? I started shooting at three <laughs> thirty, and we finished at a little before six. And it's gonna be about three and a half minutes long. Nice. Video is an entirely different beast. Yeah, man. you'll shoot for eight hours for like a five minute clip. Yeah. So, sure. so what I'm asking is like, how do you guys deal? With like managing your personal time, your personal lifestyle, and even like you have a, a, a full time job, right? So how do you take a gig and dedicate that much time to something? In the famous world, in the famous words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, sleep faster. Yeah, <laughs> I get up at five in the morning and I start editing. I start working on my own side hustle uh, or, you know, you know me, I get up early in the morning, five in the morning is my time of choice and i get up if i'm not shooting i'm working on my own side hustle because if you're not you're not if you're not if you're waking up late that's just to me is a waste of time in my point of view if you're waking up two hours before everyone else a week that's 14 hours every two weeks that's 28 hours that's an extra day if you if you do that constantly for a month that's an extra two days and if you Calculate that over a year. You're looking at 24 extra days of time. That's having like an extra, extra month. month of life in your year. And, and you're talking mostly about like your passion, which is the whole videography, photography, and also your full time job. But what about family? How do you handle that? So I, I don't I get up. I get up early and then I come home before they're awake because my kids sleep in late. They're five and six and they still sleep. But once like lazy yeah (laughs) i don't i don't really do i only do this when it's not infringing on on my kids or my wife's time my both my kids are in school right now my wife's at work so if i wasn't here i'd be editing my video that i was working on i don't try to i don't take away number one thing is family my wife and my kids um prioritize yeah like i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing this if my wife was at home you know i would be helping her or being with my kids you know my son's learning to read so all of that like that's priority but also you got to prioritize your own self enrichment your own Mm. self-improvement reading a book or or you know working on your side business you know, it's sort of like what uh, Matrix also touched on, you know, making sure he's in a good place before he can definitely keep being motivated. Right. right. And I, I myself have have learned that. Right. Because when I started this, I was like full throttle. Right. And I was just this was like the it most everything. important thing in my mm-hmm. in my day, you know. And so I will do this, then go home and learn how to edit more and stuff. 
where, yeah, I took time away from my relationship. And in, in return, it's like I was learning something new, but I wasn't happy with my significant other, right? My wife. Mm-hmm. And so communicating that of like... You weren't happy with her. She wasn't happy with you. She wasn't happy with me because I was spending too much time on the computer editing stuff that, you know, if you two start talking about, oh, we're going to split up, or I guarantee you, you're not going to, you're not going to want to create. So that's right. why Correct. Matrix so and for I a, both for advocate. For a moment, when I first started, right now, it's completely different, right? Right, right. And, and so when I first started, yeah, because like I said, I, I was so invested in this and i want it to be so good but it's like one thing i've learned it's not going to happen overnight no and so yeah i mean we had those type of conversations where it's like well you shouldn't be you know i'm here now i'm back from work and and it was like there were so many conversations with my wife about that and so yeah it was challenging just because i was fully invested in this and i was so passionate about this but i wasn't i guess i was too comfortable with my relationship where i felt like i didn't need to be there mm. But now I'm finally realizing that, right? Because if you don't so, court your significant other, someone else will. Dude, you know, and so <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I guess that's one thing I learned. And, and so I'm, I'm learning how to handle that and manage that. And so, I mean, she's my biggest supporter. She's mm. my biggest fan. Yeah, you know, she bought you your gimbal. <laughs> dude, she's amazing. You know, and, and Shout so out to Sandra. The whole conversation, you know, is about like how much she really understands what I want to do mm. and and. She's 100% supportive. But, yeah, having that conversation and and understanding each other of where we're at and also managing the expectation and the yeah, time. That's, the that's, it, that's it right there. Yeah. So for you, Matrix, how do you handle that? Um, I think the the expectations were managed up front for me and my girl. I, I just told her, hey, look, listen, I'm going full time in my business. Um, I'm going to be investing a lot more time. And I, I have a unique situation. My girlfriend works from home. And she is on from seven to seven most days. So that gives me a 12 hour window to kind of be obsessed with what I'm doing. Um, so I can dive in just like you. I, I'm still in that mode, right? I'm I'm learning different things, not only about photography, about video, about business, about registering LLC, about the best practices, following up, pumping funnels, like doing things like that in order to grow my business. Um, but what it really takes is just understanding you go all in and then you pull back, right? You go all in, you give everything, you become obsessed with it. And then you see, oh shit, this might be a little bit too unhealthy for all other aspects of my life. Let me pull back and see how I can fit this into my lifestyle. Make it be the most important thing, or in your case, second most important thing, because your relationship is the most important. Um, and same, same with me, um, but just make it a top priority and see how you can juggle all the different um, things that are going on in your life. For me, video, my relationship, fitness, eating, time with my girl. Like just those are the things that are the most important with me right now. And just seeing how you can juggle those. But it, it really it really takes diving in head first and then floating back up to the top and realizing, you know what? I sh- probably shouldn't do that. Let me see if I try a different approach. Yeah. So. So when it comes to someone hiring you, how do they find you or how do they acquire your business? Uh, how does someone acquire my business? You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Matrix Quevedo, Matrix Q-U-E-V-E-D-O on Facebook or Matrix Q on Instagram. Or you can even follow me on my photography page, 50 millimeter three underscores photography. Awesome. And to also wrap this up, I mean, before we 
we go, guys. I mean, we have managed to deliver the expectation of whether do, whether we need the top of the line gear or not. You know, and we all have different get feelings. It. Just get it. Yes, it's always nice <laughs> to get swipe the, the card, man. Yeah, swipe okay. the card. But can you, as a uh, as a creator right now, what is one good advice or one message you can tell someone that's listening and they're they're not fully motivated or they're not they feel like they're not ready to start creating go out there and just create mm. and get comfortable being uncomfortable because as a as a photographer trying to pose people I'm such an introvert I don't <laughs> like I don't really like inter, interacting with people but going out there and from the start like oh what's your prices what's you know this um how do you work what am i going to get it for my money like it requires me to dig in dip deep in myself and you know talk to people and have mm-hmm. salesman skills and then come the day of the shoot i have to pose them i have to tell them this is how you this is how i want you to pose this is what i want and then even post uh shoot like i have to be like well do you like it do you not like it? Do you want edits? You know, it's just get out there and get comfortable being uncomfortable and just create and stop focusing on perfection and just focus on progress. Look at that, guys. Even someone who's been doing it for 20 years still has a little problem talking to people. a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Matrix? What is the one thing you can relate? Um, one thing I can relay is stop focusing on vanity metrics. Likes shares, subscriptions, follows, none of that shit matters when it comes down to creating. Like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. Just get out and create, 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 and fall in love with the process. I I didn't get my full frame camera, my 5D with my uh, fancy lens and all that shit the first week I started doing photography. I learned the basics and then I got the equipment to make it easier and more convenient for me to deliver high quality product. You have to fall in love with it in order to stay around that long. It's like boxing. Nobody likes getting punched in the face. You have to love boxing. You have to love boxing to stick around. After you get hit in the first time in photography, after you fucking, someone tells you, that's a bad picture, you're going to be like, oh shit. Fuck. Am I going to stick around and get punched again? Am I going to learn how to bob and weave and parry and counter punch and do all these things? Just get out there and create. Find your lane. Fall in love with the process and keep doing it. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time today. And I can't wait to see what the next topic will be. Yes, sir. All right, Ken. Thank you very much. Matrix, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Juan. Until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.